Well, hello there, Mama. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. I hope this episode finds you well, not too sick and not juggling too many sniffles in your house because I know it's in the middle of winter here in Melbourne, Australia, and I know that there's lots going on and lots happening with people's illnesses at the moment. So really thinking of you. Today, I have an absolute gem of a podcast episode coming to you. I'm speaking with Melanie Collette, and she's the founder of Mumley. And we'll go into what Mumley is, but I want to also just give you a little bit of background on Melanie before we get into it. And also, get a notepad, and there are some absolutely gems of gold that we discuss in this episode. One of the biggest, best things I think she actually said was that you can't be 10 out of 10 all the time. Also, we talk about identity shift and making priorities and setting up a business and so many other topics. And so it's an absolute great chat. Mel is a passionate about helping make the lives of mums easier. And as a working mum herself, she understands the challenges that come along with being present as a mum and as a businesswoman. And today we're chatting about why having a mum brain is a superpower. And also we do touch on a little bit about her app Mumly, which is aiming to make the lives of new mums easier. So as always, I'd love if you'd be able to leave a rating and review of the episode and also share this with anyone that you think may enjoy it. So let's get stuck into today's episode. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real world tips, tricks and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. Welcome, Melanie. Welcome to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. How's your day going so far? Oh, thanks, Karina. It's so great to be here. It's been a really good day. The sun's shining. It's freezing, but no, my baby slept last night, so it's a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm jealous. I had both of mine up at midnight and I was going from room to room trying to get them both back. Oh, no, we have, I mean, don't get me wrong. We have plenty of nights like that, but we'll take the victories when you wake up at six and you're like, I slept and you do yeah. that whole like, yes. <laughs> Isn't it funny now we're moms, we judge our day if our kids have slept or not, if they've right. eaten food. Maslow's hierarchy of, the- of the- uh, you know, hierarchy of theory, it's like that first level. Yeah. You know, back years ago, it was, oh, I did X, Y, Z. I was able to go for a run, going for runs like the top of the peak. Yeah, no, correct. I, I often wonder what I did with all of my time. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-motherhood. It's, um, it feels like such an eternity, really. <laughs> right. It, it's so true. It's so true. It feels like those pivotal moments in your life where you look at my life before this and my life after this moment. And I actually can't remember my life before having kids, you know, like, and I remember being really happy and really content, but I don't really remember yeah. much of what I did. <laughs> so, so different. So just on that, Melanie, love to meet you. And how do you best describe you? Like what's been your story? My story has been, so this is the thing with women in tech. There's, there's always a story. And I'm always so interested whenever I meet other women in tech being like, how did you end up here? Because it's not, you know, it's not something that you sit in school and learn about, especially not in like our generation. We were going to high school. Nobody was talking about coding or working in product or that sort of thing. So 
oftentimes the people who end up here, like especially women, they have this really crazy story that's like just not linear at all. And I will say the one constant for me is I've always been someone who has, I've always been entrepreneurial. I've always run my own businesses from like the time I was really young all the way through university. So like paid for uni, like, you know, did all that. And they've always, I've always felt super passionate about helping people and specifically working in women's health. So I found myself entering the women's health space kind of through my university years and becoming really passionate about working with women in the health space, specifically women who are pregnant or women who are postpartum. And I loved it. It was one of the my, my favorite jobs was working with these women. They had so much trust in you. They were like committed. They were going through such a vulnerable period in their lives. And they're kind of, you know, they let you in and you got a little glimpse of, to, you know, how, how, do, how do I help you through this? And like, what are your deepest struggles? And I felt like I really developed a strong understanding. I felt like I went into motherhood with like eyes wide open first off, but I feel like I also developed a real deep empathy for this, this part of the population, this market, like this market. So I mean, I didn't continue on with this business. I actually went on to work in investment banking and I, and I worked in investment banking for about a year and hate, hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like it, but I did love businesses. And that's, that's initially what attracted me to investment banking was being able to work closely with businesses, being able to like go deep on a business and understand like the inner workings of a business. And that's, that's still true. I'm still super passionate about that side, but how they do that and like the methods behind that, probably not, not my jam. So I did the whole like, break up with my boyfriend, move to like the far, quit my job. Like where's the farthest place in the world I can go. Ended up being Australia. And I was supposed to be like a six month stint that I was here, but I ended up meeting my now husband about three months in and to my mom's horror, like never left. And I think it's been like nine years now I've been here. So it was when I decided that I was going to stay here permanently. It was when I decided, you know, do I want to go back into banking or do I want to pursue something maybe along the women's health in, in the women's health space. And so I decided that I wanted to start some women's only gyms here in, in Sydney. So I wanted to focus on the women's health space and ended up selling that business right before COVID got really lucky, but it was through that process that this idea for Mumley really came about. And it was working really closely with women going through that postpartum and pregnancy period and realizing that we were doing a lot of great things to help women recover and like get stronger and, and all of that. But it was a very like one to few approach. And we wanted to bring the information and we wanted to bring like the programs and what we were doing to like one to many, right? We wanted everyone to have access to this. So we started doing focus groups and research and like speaking to so many moms and they were saying, yeah, like pelvic floor is great, but I want information on breastfeeding. I want information on sleep. I want information, you know, on like all these different areas. And we were like, oh, like, well, what's stopping you from getting that information? So we did a lot of digging and a lot of like further research into really trying to understand what the problem space is. And that's where the idea from Mumley originally came from. And don't get me wrong, it's evolved a lot since then, but really rooted in this passion that I have for specifically the women's health space, but also just, just moms. I think I often say like, it's never really been a product built just for moms. And I think it's because moms are just not the squeaky wheel. They just never complain. And they're always just like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and nobody in Silicon Valley is going to be like, well, let's build it out for moms. You know, like it's got to be a mom who does this business, who builds this. But um, I think we're onto something really special. Oh, that's so good. We'll, we'll explore that a little bit, a little bit more shortly. So you've talked about that you're a mom. How many kids do you have? So two kids. 
So my daughter is nearly four. Oh, there's something about four where it feels like you become like you're a person, like with your own ideas about the world. And my son is nearly 10 months. Ah, fantastic. Yeah, I've I've got a a son that's just turned four and he's definitely four, probably going on 10 with his own opinions. It's, It's a fun, it's a very fun age, I have to say. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it is. I mean, I feel like it's been every year I keep saying, oh, this is like, this is a great age. This is a great age. And now I'm like actually really excited to see what it's for. You know, what is, what does that look like for you? And I'm not as scared as I was when you're like, you know, just going month by month in that first, you know, year postpartum where you're just like, oh my God, what's five months going to be yeah. like? <laughs> like? I'm terrified. Going through another leap. There's so much happening. Yeah. And now, now it's actually, I find really exciting and um, much more enjoyable. Yeah. And so just on that that, to- that topic of, of being a mom and also a working mom, how do you think that that's actually changed your perception of work and career? Obviously, you've already been quite focused in on, on women's health, even before kids is what you said. And how do you think that that's really changed your outlook and, and also what surprised you in that process? Yeah, I think it definitely forces you to figure out what's most important and what's what's most worthy of your time. I know for me, you know, starting to have kids or when we when we started to have kids and, and build a family, and I also had my gyms when I had my first child and sold them and then had my second, I think, a month before we launched Mumly into, into closed beta, it was, it really forces you to evaluate where you give your time and what is worthy of your time. So I know for me, like that meant like you can't be a 10 out of 10 in all areas of your life. And you might be able to choose one, if not like maybe two. And for me, that was always my family and my kids and my business. And that meant in a lot of ways, like my friendships fell by the wayside because I just, I don't have all the energy in the world to be able to give like in all of these pockets of my life. Whereas before I did, you know, I could be everywhere and do all the things. But when you do have kids, you realize like, this is a huge commitment. They just like, they didn't choose to be here. You know, like we made this very conscious decision and they deserve us to show up for them and be present for them. And then you also have the other side of that, which is just like, but I'm still my own person and I have these things that I really want to achieve and I deserve to achieve them. So how do I, how do I manage that transition? So I think looking back, that was probably the biggest thing that I learned was just how do you prioritize these different areas of your life and and where do you give your time? Because you do have to choose now. (laughs) And it's so true. I think it's something that really that as mums we struggle with. And I think it's part of that, that transition and that change because you're like, I still want the friendships. I still want my personal identity, but then I still, my kids need me so much more. And it's something like, we just happened to bump into some friends when we're at the pool on Monday. And then my husband's like said to like one of his school friends, like from many years ago, he's like, Oh, how's things going? She's like, yeah, kids. Like that's all we say, like how's life? And it's either been like from Melbourne, how'd you survive lockdown? And then how's kids? Because we just know that life's busy with kids and it's sad when you see some of those friendships not as vibrant as what you used to have but it's it, and I think it's so true what you just said you can't be 10 out of 10 in all areas of your life and I think it's so good to actually hear someone else say that and give the permission because as women we don't we think we're and I think just some of that societal pressure we think that we've got to do it all when you hear someone else say 
you don't have to do it all. 10 out of 10. It's like, oh good. It's not just me. Thank God. Yeah. And I think a lot of it too, is just embracing the seasons of your life. You know, like this is a period of time where my kids, they're young babies, you know, when they're 18, maybe even earlier, they're probably not going to want much to do with me. Like, you know, just really leaning into how much they need you now, like how much of an impact you have on their life and who they become. And I think just ebbing and flowing with, you know, those different seasons. And there will be a point in time where you will have more time for friends and that will be great and lean into that, you know, but I think for me, it's just really showing up with where my, where my life demands it today. And yeah, you're right. Like giving yourself permission to, to do that. And, um, I think that the giving yourself permission thing is an interesting one, because I think that, you know, as much as you say, you can't be a 10 out of 10 or as much as, you know, that in my mind, I know that you still try, like, yeah. <laughs> trying sometimes you know like I can be a 10 out of 10 mom who could like the dinner is ready and like the house is clean and I will try (laughs) but I think by Friday it's like I'm gonna pour a glass of wine and just surrender to this like exactly (laughs) yeah 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 so no it's definitely lessons all the time oh 100% and what's been one of your biggest challenges that you've you've found since becoming a mom Oh, that's a good one. I think for me, it was, and you kind of touched on this previously, just this kind of like mourning of your, you know, like not mourning your, yeah, you're almost like grieving your previous life and letting go of all the things that you could do with no strings attached and no commitments and not victimizing that process. So I know for me, like having my business now, but my son being nine, almost 10 months old, still breastfeeding and feeling like my day is essentially dictated by this little being and when he needs to feed. And I mean, you know, 10 months, like they're on solids now. And like, you definitely have a lot more freedom, but there were so many periods where I was just like, Oh, like poor me, (laughs) you know, like I just, I totally craved the life I had before, which was I could be anywhere at any time. I didn't have to plan. I had no commitments or responsibilities. You know, I'm just this free person with this free body. And I think that even now going in like my second child, that is still very much, you know, I have to pull myself away from that line of thinking because it is like, you could just get so stuck there. And I know that going through that with my daughter, like the shock factor of becoming a mom for the first time, and like what's happening to my like lady bits, what's happening to my boobs, like, <laughs> and then my whole life has just blown up and it looks so different. So I think for me, that's been the most challenging bit is just like navigating my way through motherhood, figuring out, okay, who is this new version of, of Melanie kind of reborn? What does that look like? How do you embrace that and love that and, you know, find those, oh, like those pockets of sunshine where it's just like, I can see now, you know, yeah. how this works out. I can see who I'm meant to be. And like, I can see how this was exactly what needed to happen. But like, you know, every kind of, every kind of transition period, there needs to be that tension. And I think good things come of it, but that's been challenging for sure. Yeah. And I don't think you're alone in, in feeling like that. I think is that. Uh, a lot of, I think almost every mother at some point is going to have experienced that real shift, that transition, who am I now? And even being nap blocked and, and things like that. It's um, all such a, you know, it's, it's such a journey and, and things like that. And I know that 
you know, when we're all on maternity leave, we have an opportunity to reflect and sit back and go, what do I want? Because as you said, our priorities, our purpose, our, you know, beliefs as well do change quite a bit when we have kids. And I know that a lot of people go, I don't necessarily want to go back and work that nine to five, really corporate kind of role. And they're like, all right, I'm going to start my own, say, side hustle or whatever term you want to use it. Because I know not everyone likes to start um, use the term side hustle and start their own businesses. What inspired you to start your business that's obviously then been centered around mums? Because I know that you know, there's a lot of, there's a real growth of women starting businesses. So what was, what's been your story there? Yeah. I mean, I've always, I've always had my own businesses. So it felt like a natural, you know, this is definitely the biggest one. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most ambitious thing I've ever, ever done. And, And definitely like after childbirth, the hardest thing I think I've ever done. But I think like the motivation behind Mumly really similar to kind of what you just touched on. So like there are so many moms who go through mat leave and obviously you do a big reevaluation. And I think a part, a lot of it is you go through that transition and you're just like, wow, I'm actually, your identity, your identity changes. Like it's very much like I'm Mel the mom now. And I think you look at the world so differently. So I think there's that element of it. I also think there's, there's this other aspect of it, which is moms are incredibly resourceful and there's a lot of like motherhood is incredibly difficult. And there are a lot of things that really suck that could be better. And I think moms see those opportunities and they're like, Hey, this is hard. It doesn't have to be this hard. I can, I can fix this and I can be a part of the solution. And I think like for me anyway, a big motivation for starting Mumly was some of the best solutions to a lot of problems that moms face are created and solved by other moms. Mm. The problem is they're not discoverable. (laughs) The problem is it's incredibly hard to start a business and like they're on the back foot from the get-go. Like the hardest bit is like, it costs so much money to start a business and a website and all this stuff. So like, what if we had a platform that actually gave them the opportunity to build that, to, you know, solve these problems that moms are facing and connect them with the moms who actually are looking for the solutions that they're offering. So I think for me, it was like, okay, we're going through, I'm going through this huge transition. I see this like huge pocket of opportunity. Moms have so many problems and so many challenges, but you also see how many amazing moms are solving these problems and there's nothing there connecting them. There's no like platform there that's like taking these amazing ideas and connecting them to the people who really need them in like critical moments. So I think for me, that was, um, that was a real fire starter. And how are you getting it off the ground? Because obviously it's a tech platform and, and things like that. And also at the same time, how are you managing that juggle also aligned with, with motherhood and, and things like that? So I know some women have gone back, you know, to work probably at six, 12 months, but it sounds like you've actually worked all the way through um, and juggled, you know, (laughs) newborns with, you know, tech startup and which is definitely a challenge in itself, minus even kids. Yeah. Yeah. A couple questions in there, but the first one was kind of, how are we getting off the ground? And, um, that one, I mean, we're, we're doing a, a round of funding at the moment, which is, like just a crazy experience, which has been really also eye-opening and and interesting to see, like, how do people look at, you know, consumer-facing businesses specifically in the motherhood space? And I think one of the interesting things about what we're doing is moms are relatively unserved. Like they're not even underserved. They are like unserved. So I think that the opportunity for our product and, and the ability to have like massive impact on this 
on this particular subset of the population with very specific problems, who have very specific needs at very specific points in time. I do think it needs to be a mom that starts this business. It needs to be a mom that creates this business. And I do think there is like opportunity for a generational business in this space. And I believe that's us. And then in terms of kind of balancing, was that your question? Like going through mat leave and and things like that? Yeah. So no, that was not... I would not recommend what I did. I mean, I I gave birth to Callum, I think September 5th, and we were launching the product on September 30th into a closed beta. So we've been in a closed beta since then, which, which essentially means like it's a invite only to access the app. So we only kind of allow in small number of people at one time to test out certain features, get feedback, work with them quite closely. So we have a wait list for our product now and we've been kind of drip feeding people into the app that way. So we launched that last September and um, yeah, I was like four weeks postpartum. And I think it was that experience that I promised myself with my third child, if we have one, I will take a proper mount leave (laughs) that is like at least four months. But I did find it was actually quite nice being able to remove myself a little bit from the whole, you know, baby bubble, but that's, that was like, you know, it's incredibly personal and I actually enjoyed having something else to focus on. Cause otherwise you do end up on like, you know, some real deep, deep areas on Google, if you let yourself go there. So I think, um, it was nice to just have, have a bit of, of separation from going through the whole newborn phase as well. Uh, you know, i I have to say we moved house and I had a two, two week old. It's something I wouldn't necessarily recommend to everyone. Yeah. But yeah, it's one of those things where it did get me out of the mum bubble a little bit and forced me literally to move house. But yeah, it's one of those things. It's amazing what you can also, I don't know if you, have you actually reflected on and gone, oh my goodness, this is what I achieved. When actually, when you start explaining it to people, everyone's like, oh my goodness. But you're yeah. like, oh wow. And actually getting a lot of, a bit of confidence out of that process as well. Such a good point. And yes, I think when you're in it in the moment, you're like, it's okay. Everything's okay. And it's kind of like that. What is it like that burning head emoji where you're just like, everything's fine, but everything's also on fire. I don't know. You just kind of figure it out. Like you just, you just take it one day after the next. And before you know it, you're nine, 10 months postpartum and you're looking back being like, how the actual F did I just do that? Go me. Yeah, (laughs) I can do anything if I just did that. So yeah, it does instill confidence. And then it also makes me feel like, okay, if I can achieve all the things that I achieved while going through that, imagine what I can do now that my son is like much more independent. We're only going to get more independent and I'm only going to have more time. So it is, it's a, it's a nice feeling. Awesome. And so what is Mumly exactly? You've referred to it, but what is it? So essentially what Mumly is, it's a platform that connects mums with needs or mums with questions to personalized content products or services, businesses who have solutions to those problems. So we're a two-sided marketplace. So I'll make the I'll make the value prop for the businesses in a sec. But essentially as a mom, you come onto the platform, you're a very individual person with a very individual journey. I mean, we all like, that's the most beautiful thing about motherhood is like our story is told in like, you know, 10,000 shades of gray. It's not black or white, or you fit this model or, you know, this mold. It's very individual. And we deserve an individual boutique experience when we want to go find solutions to the very important problems that we have for our babies and for ourselves. So what our platform essentially wants to do is take moms who have these, you know, really critical 
problems and like moments of extreme vulnerability and be able to provide them with personalized solutions. So if you take the current experience on Google, which is you're having trouble breastfeeding, you go to Google and you'll get served. I'm not even kidding. Over 18,000 results on Google. And a lot of it's SEO based. A lot of it's Mm -hmm. ad based. It's not personalized. Google doesn't know anything about you or your parenting preferences or, you know, anything like that. So what we want to do, and it's, it's like massively overwhelming. Oh, it's huge. You can't even, <laughs> the, the downhill spiral you can go into at 2 a.m. when you're struggling. I've struggled breastfeeding early on with both of my children and also got mastitis with my second. It's a minefield. You put it in there and you put in the smallest little symptom. You almost think you should be feeling like you could take your child to hospital, that they're about to die or even just the littlest thing. You're like, oh my goodness, I'm the worst mom in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? It's like so often we've found through interviews and through speaking with moms that this process actually ends up leaving them with more anxiety. They feel worse about themselves. And they have no, they don't find solutions. Like it's just not an effective way to actually be like, okay, I've made a decision. This is the solution. Mm. So what our platform essentially does is say, okay, here's useful content that is personalized to you based on like the information that you've, you've given us on who you are and what kind of things you want to see based on other users who are, or other moms who are really similar to you, who have actually got value from this. This is what we recommend where here's a product that we recommend based on what other people have got value from. So there's actually like there's backing and social proof in terms of like this piece of content has solutions. It has answers where this product has been useful to this many moms and we can personalize your discovery and what you see when you are searching something and are actually looking for a solution. So what we help moms do is go through that entire user journey of like, I have a problem. I go to discover content. I realize the content's leading me either to like see a breastfeeding specialist or to purchase a specific product or to engage with a specific piece of content. And we go through that entire piece of, um, we go through that entire user journey with them. So with the goal of really kind of personalizing that search experience and actually helping them get to a solution quicker in a way that makes them feel like they are a good mom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And not down the rabbit hole of Google. And then the other side of that is we were talking about this a bit earlier, but the business or the the other side of that marketplace or this two-sided network being the businesses and these mom businesses, specifically whether that's, you know, I've created this perfect inflatable item to like help your kid in the bath, like just amazing products who like just cannot get in front of the people who need to, who are interested in buying their product or like doulas, for example, or midwives. Like it's so hard to rank on Google. It's so hard to, it's so expensive to pay for marketing on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube or wherever it might be. And these are often like amazing businesses that solve the problem super well, but just don't have the capacity to get discovered by their consumers or by by their customers. You can look at the same thing for creators whether it's a podcast, whether it's, you know, a mom influencer on Instagram, who's like trying pushing out like amazing content to, to her fan base, but it's like really struggling to grow her audience or get to get her products or her content in front of the people who really would benefit from seeing it. So there's this massive need like in the mom space, but also on the mom business and mom content side of things, we're just being so underserved. Like they've been given corners and pockets of the internet, but there's never been a platform that's just like, let's take all of this content. Let's take all of these amazing businesses, all of these amazing products and aggregate it in one platform and help moms make sense of it. Yeah, That's really what we want to do. So powerful. And I know that um, certainly it'll help a lot of women and, and that black hole of Google, which can certainly be, yeah, really, really difficult. And I think, you know, 
it's starting a business is I think hard enough. I think there's a lot of Instagram things that make it look oh. easy. You know, you see those, those signs, you can earn six figure months and you can make seven figures in a year and things like that that they don't actually forget to tell the story about how they've been working on that business for probably 10, 15 years. They're not an overnight success. And also, you know, it's, it's tough going. It's, it's really, it's the grind. It's, it's, I don't know about you, but sometimes business is often like another child and even sometimes more difficult than another child. Yeah, for sure. I agree. No, definitely. And I think that it's almost gotten harder And I think like as these big platforms like Facebook or Instagram, YouTube, like they've just become oversaturated. Like there's too many people on them. It's too difficult to get discovered as a small player, you know, Mm -hmm. with like, if you have a massive budget and you've got like, you know, $50 million to spend on marketing every year. It's just like, that's your plague. That's where all the people are. But if you're a small sole trader, it's just, you can't play in that space. And I think I was talking to a girlfriend the other day who's a naturopath. And she was saying like, I bought like this marketing course. that's going to help me develop like my email funnel. And then I've got to figure out how I'm going to become a, like develop my YouTube presence. And I'm going to do create video content. And I'm just like, don't you just want to be a naturopath? Like, don't you just want to, you know, you, you have to become a marketing expert. You've got to become a content creator, like all of this stuff. And it's just like, don't you just want to do this? And I think that so many small business so many small businesses and so many small traders, like they do amazing things and they deserve to just do that, you yeah. know? And I think have, have that their niche, have their, their, totally. their, their power of worth. Yep. A hundred percent. Let us do the hard work for you. Let us take people who are interested or who need naturopaths and put your business in front of them. And then you still have to do a good job and like deliver great, you know, value to these users, but let us like save you tens, if not, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars on this side of the business and connect you with the people that, that, that really need you and, and actually help to move, you know, you can argue like the mental health and the physical health of, of this broader community, like get it to a better place. Yeah. And so just finally, what advice do you have for someone that, that might be listening, that has this dream one day of working for themselves or starting their own business? What advice or what are some, maybe your top five tips to help them even evaluate and then even start the business? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think, I don't know if I have like five, but I think <laughs> there, there are some, some definitely some top ones that I would say is get some, like know who's in your corner and get some people in your corner really early on, whether that's someone who's done that, done this before or has started their own business and get them in your corner for advice, for connection, to put you in touch with like the right people. Cause I think like business 50% hustle 50% who you know. Yeah. And there's there's an element of luck there. And I think leveraging your network and creating hustling for connections and, and your network is, is really important. And I think that that's something you can do really early on. The other thing I've learned is women, especially moms, are so keen to help. They want to help. They want to connect you. They want to see you succeed. So I think like asking for that is, I mean, women, sometimes I know me, I I struggle to ask for help, but I think getting really comfortable with that early on, I think will, will serve you well in business. And then the second, I think, or the third, I'm not sure which one right now, but, um, is know, know your boundaries and kind of know your values and understand like what is a non-negotiable for you, whether that's like, I want to be home with my kids from this time to this time, or I want to be this involved, like as a mom, 
and really paint, paint that life for yourself and work backwards from there and be like, okay, what needs to happen? And what kind of business do I have the capacity to build based on what my non-negotiables are and what kind of things do I need to have set in place in order for me to achieve that? So I think being really realistic with yourself and being like, maybe I do want to, I just want to do something for two to three days a week. So then it's just like, okay, well, what kind of business or what would a business model look like in order to get me into that place to be able to do that? So I think those would be the biggest ones. I think I was definitely unrealistic and super naive into how much time I thought building an app would take. So I think getting really clear with yourself around like, what are your boundaries? What do you really want to get out of this? What is the goal here? What's the need in you? And I guess say, okay, I'll add one more. I will say the last one for me is really... And this was kind of circles back. It's a nice circle back to what we were talking about initially around like, give yourself permission to do it. I think that a lot of times we hold back thinking, oh, it couldn't possibly be me or like my kids deserve this or my kids, like your kids will be fine. Your kids are also their own people. They're on their own individual journey. And one day, like I keep thinking to myself, my daughter, like maybe she's going to want to have babies. And I want to be able to tell her you can still be the whole person that you are and do all the things you want to do. And you can be a great mom also, but you deserve to see through all the dreams that you have for yourself as well. So I think for me, that's a big one. I have like on my computer, I have a little like sticky note that just says, why not you? And I think, I think we all deserve to just be like, you deserve to have a go. Why not you? And if this is what you really want, don't be afraid. Don't let anything hold you back from it. I think that last tip is absolutely fantastic. And I think as moms, you know, we go through so much doubt, self-doubt and we lack our confidence also, particularly when we become a mom and we don't know what we feel like at times, we don't know what we're doing, but you know, we still, we still have the opportunity to, to pursue our dreams. And I love that, you know, having a sticky note, why not you? And that, yes, you can, you know, be a mom and still fulfill your dreams and things like that. And that is very much at core, about, uh, you know, my mission with Working Mama is is helping enable women to do that so they can have both. You don't necessarily have to do it all, like we said earlier, you know, you don't have to be 10 out of 10 and everything, but you still can pursue your dreams. And, and I think certainly starting a business, if, you've, if you're thinking about it, you know, it's better have tried and even failed than never have tried at all. Like at least, you oh, know, I've given it a go. 150%. Yeah. At least, you know, you had a go, have a crack, like give it, you know, I would rather live with the thought of knowing that I had a go and I tried and I failed than, you know, 30 years down the line, having those what if questions. Yeah. You know, and you'll learn so much along that. the way. You'll learn about yourself. You'll oh, learn you your skills you will, you know, learn mindset and your resilience or just, you know, you go through it all, but you know, and look, it's, it's not necessarily going to be for everyone, but if it's something you're thinking about when the time's right, I'd say, give it a go and look, you're going to learn along the way, even if you do fail. Yeah. A hundred percent. And now Melanie, what do you do for self-care? Oh goodness. Do you remember that thing? <laughs> yes. No, I do. I am really good. And I must say my husband pushes me to do this because it does like, those are one of the things that fall to the wayside that are just like, not a priority right now, but I do love a good facial. That's probably, that's probably like for me, the one thing where I'm like, oh, this is like real self-care, but I will say also taking time four to five days a week for exercise for me, that's a big one. So that's just like, that's me time. And I can put that aside and just think about me and do something for me and give back to me and, and my body. And that's probably how I would define it for myself. 
sensational. Now, where can people find about more about you, Mumley, everything else that you've got currently going on at the moment? Oh goodness. Okay. So I've just started a personal Instagram. The team has like tried to encourage me to do this and they were just like, shameless plug yourself. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you guys are killing me. So my Instagram personal one is melly.mumly. And then we also have at mumly app, which is where you see all of our hilarious mom content. And then there'll be links to, if you want to get on the wait list to join the app, that's all on, on our Instagram. You can kind of follow the links there. You can just go to mumly.com. And if you're a business and you want to get in touch with us or you're a creator, creator, and you want to get in touch with us about being part of our pilot program, which we're launching really soon, which was super exciting. You can reach out to us either through Instagram or just through our website as well. Sensational. Well, thank you so much for the chat. It's been really insightful to hear about your journey as a mom, hearing about you and and starting the business and and some of those challenges and also being so raw and honest. I think it's really good to actually, and hear those, you know, that not everything's just what you see on Instagram, these amazing, perfect stories. You know, we do have our challenges and you're certainly working through some of those all while also raising to very young children and you're in the trenches. So I'm there with you. So you're not alone. (laughs) So thank you so much, Melanie, for this great chat. Amazing. Thanks for having me, Karina. Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.